Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Coming up in this episode, TV historian Bethany Hughes, creative director of UK indie Sandstone Global, plus director of production Ruth Sessions, talk about completing their latest series for the UK's Channel 5 during lockdown. But first... TV2 Acquisitions executive Meta Kunal Pettersson discusses how the Danish public broadcaster has adapted its schedule in the absence of live sports and entertainment and is now placing greater emphasis on documentaries after it was given the green light to buy for a dedicated section within its VOD service. Kunal Pettersson spoke with Karolina Kaminska about how the network is hunting for premium feature docs, especially in the true crime genre, and is becoming more aggressive with pre-buys in the face of increased domestic and global competition. Initially, of course, the coronavirus had a a massive impact on TV2, uh, not only in an economical sense, but of course, also very much on the production uh, side. When we went down in lockdown, the 11th of March, I think we we kind of went into um, a very red alert state of mind, where the main focus was on producing quality live news for our viewers, you know, to give them all the information about about the virus and, and, the, and what was happening in our uh, country. We were also covering all the brief, uh, all the press briefings. So the schedule just changed tremendously every day. And of course, then a lot of our productions were either stopped or postponed or cancelled due to the restrictions. Uh, So that also made a lot of changes in the schedule. And I think one of the big things were, one, we had to brace ourselves economically. What impact would it have? Nobody knew at the time. And then also we had to look at our pipeline because if we weren't able to uh, produce any shows during uh, from March to who knew when, we had to kind of keep back some of our uh, finished productions uh, to save them and have them later in the year. So for instance, a show like Taskmaster, our own version of Taskmaster and also The Farm, we were to premiere those in March, but we kept them on the hold. And then we, um, because we wanted to to save them and keep them for the autumn schedule in case we didn't, uh, in case we weren't able to produce any new shows during the summer. Luckily, we, got back to normal, uh, or more or less back to normal, uh, earlier than we had expected. So uh, as our productions could slowly start up again, we could see that it wasn't necessary for us to save any of our programs, so we could air them in the end of May. And now most of our programs are back in their original slot. The Bachelor, which we had just commissioned at the time, were to be filmed this summer, and it has, of course, been postponed and will be produced in 2021 instead. Regarding our acquisition strategy, uh, I would say things didn't really change that much for us, especially not in the genres of factual lifestyle and documentaries, which are the, the, the genres I work with. We did license a number of ESPN sports documentaries for our sports channel, TV2 Sports, when all the the sports rights were cancelled. And we have recently, we just recently launched a a second sports channel called TV2 Sport X. And that channel we actually turned into a temporary uh, movie channel. So my colleague who takes care of the scripted content suddenly was very busy uh, making some movie deals for this channel. Uh, It is now again back to normal, but it it was a good way for us on the on the the lockdown um, to have a movie channel instead to kind of give the viewers something. Uh, so I would say it's 
besides from those initiatives, it, it has more or less been business as usual for us uh, in the acquisitions team. But had you been or have you been acquiring more ready-made shows um, during the pandemic as a result of, of cancelled and postponed productions? When the corona hit us, we were in the middle of a very successful X-Factor season. So our Friday night was suddenly totally exposed without this very big juggernaut. Of course, we were looking at that slot. What can we do? And the solution we came up with was to replace the X-Factor live shows with old Danish movie classics. And so that was up to my colleague to go and secure those rights. And yes, then, as I mentioned, we turned the, the sports channel into a movie channel, which also meant that we had to go and, and do some movie deals for that channel. But otherwise, for the rest of the, of the slots, which would normally be filled with new productions, the strategy was to fill it out with the repeats of local programming. I can mention that to our surprise, uh, right in the middle of lockdown, our management actually gave us the green light to go ahead with a strategy for an increased number of documentaries for our SVD platform, TV2 Play. It's uh, something we've been working on and talking about for some time, but we kind of thought that, well, when the pandemic hit us, it, would be, it wouldn't be a priority, but luckily it was. So what we are thinking is that we want on TV2 Play, we want to build upon the success of our TV2 original documentaries and create a devoted documentary space for our users on TV2 Play, where they can find the best and the strongest international documentaries, along with our own local versions or local uh, uh, documentaries. So suddenly on the lockdown, we were uh, looking for premium feature docs, you know, um, something that we wouldn't normally pick up. It's especially in the genre of true crime. Uh, so, you know, strong, emotional, engaging true crime stories. It's a major genre for us, not only on the acquisition side, but very much in our uh, local productions as well. We would like to take kind of a position with that genre. We're also looking for big biographies, you know, stranger than fiction stories and just deeply engaging pieces, something that that will create talkability and something that has that, you know, what the fuck factor. So this is something that I've been very busy and my colleague in the factual team has been very busy with in these last couple of months. And have you seen any changes to pricing of, of acquisitions in the last few months? As our need haven't changed drastically during this crisis, I actually haven't experienced any significant change in prices. I've also talked to my colleagues about this question and, and for all of us, it, it remains more or less the same. And, and this is all happening at a time where there's been launches of, of dozens of different new um, streaming services all around the world. Um, we've got the likes of Apple TV Plus and HBO Max. How have the launches of, of these new VOD services impacted programming availability for TV2? We definitely feel how bigger competition from the growing number of not only global, but also local streaming services is impacting the availability of content for us just in, in general. Uh, I think in the beginning, there was especially an increased uh, competition for the scripted content. And then of course, also on the format side, there's always been a great or a big competition. But now we feel that in all genres, you really have to move very fast. You have to commit to a production at a very, very early stage. And more often, we are competing against a big 
Japan deal offer. So I think we definitely make small pre-buys now than we have ever done before. And I also think we are a bit more aggressive when there's something we really want. We are uh, quicker to announcing that we are interesting and we are um, quicker to, to put the offer on the table because we know that the competition is so fierce. I think it seems like everyone is fighting for the viewers' attention. And since there is so much great content out there, we are all on the lookout for the very best in order to stand out from the crowd. For us, the age of slot fillers, it's definitely over. We need strong content even for our off-prime schedule. So everything we acquire has to be the best in class or has to fit right into our channel brief or the brand of the channel. And this is also why our local productions are still and always will be so important and very valuable to us because this is where we stand out and this is what makes us unique. Of course, we couldn't we couldn't do it without great acquisitions because it all kind of depends on each other, but, but it is on the local productions that we stand out. In addition to focusing on, on local productions, are you finding that now you're having to look elsewhere um, to, to source content in the face of com- the competition from these, these streamers? For example, other territories. Are there any other territories now that, that you're looking at? No, I wouldn't say that we are, uh, that that is necessary, not yet anyway. Um, I think the content that we acquire for Linear is still as easy or as difficult as it has always been. I just think that we have to be more agile and, and, and quicker than we've been used to. And we still pick up more or less from the same territories that we've always uh, worked with. On the factual side, we are very UK-centric. UK factual is just well-made and our cultures have a lot in common. So the, the UK pro- program just travel easily to us. We also pick up some content from our Nordic uh, neighbors and then also some from the US. But again, now with our new documentary strategy for TV2 Play, it has sent us in the direction of new distributors because we have to you know, find those that produce and, and distri- distribute the, the best and the strongest documentaries. So we are also looking at at new production countries just to make sure that we get the strongest documentaries. So to sum up, I would say that in general, we're just very aware of being more agile and and go into project at an earlier stage. And then, yes, we are opening a little bit more up to new territories just to make sure that we get the strongest documentaries for our SVOD service. And when it comes to acquiring programming, what do you need in terms of rights? On Linear, we need basic television rights. Other than that, I think it varies a lot from case to case. We, of course, always need simulcast. And we either need to have some kind of catch-up or SVOD for TV2 Play. Our viewers are used to being able to want the content when they want. So this aspect is just really important to us. Sometimes now we also acquire content only for TV2 play on the factual side. But most often we pick up both rights for both uh, linear and for, for SVD. Our need for exclusivity and holdbacks depends on the importance of the titles. So this is something that we negotiate from deal to deal. Okay, and what impact has the cancellation of industry events this year had on TV2 and your buying strategy? I wouldn't say it has had a great impact on us, uh, not yet anyway. I think we've all learned that having online media 
meetings on Zoom or wherever is more efficient than what we would have expected. And I think it's been such a great alternative in a time where we didn't have another choice. I think generally speaking, we should all rethink our tra traveling plans in the future, not only due to the corona, but also just, you know, in regards to the climate and the, and the planet. I think, you know, find out what is neat to do and what you can skip and then replace it with an online meeting instead. But when all of that is said, I still firmly believe in the importance of meeting face to face with the people you do business with. You know, building up strong relations is so important in this business and you can't do that the same way through a computer screen. So I think under this lockdown, we have very much, you know, benefited from the great relationships we have spent so many years building up at conferences and markets with our distributors and sales executives. But in the long run, you still need to connect in real life to kind of maintain those relations. So I definitely think that it's still very important to meet face to face in real life. Do you think now that going forward, it, it will be necessary to have as many physical events as we've had in the past? Or do you think that now perhaps there's not as much need for so many and you could, you could have like a balance of, of physical events and online meetings? Yes, I definitely think that we could find a balance and, and maybe cut down on, on some of the many events that we used to attend. I definitely think we should get physical events back. Online versions are great and they've proved to be a great alternative in this time, but it just isn't the same. I think when you travel to a place to attend a market or festival or conference, you, you have taken the time to be there. You, it's a priority for you and you're committed to get the most out of it. And often, at least for myself, it can be harder to devote the same time and devote yourself into the, the same event if it's online because you're not physically away from your everyday life or your everyday work. So that just seems to pop up things that you have to attend to and, and then you're, you're brought out of focus. So for me, it's again, it's something about take a look at what you would normally attend and then see, okay, this is must need attend events and then the rest of it replace it with an online meeting instead. And have you bought any new series lately that you'd like to share with us? Well, as mentioned, we have this new documentary strategy for TV2 Play. So we've bought some, some new, very strong true crime series for this SVD platform. One example is this very strong and emotional engaging true crime series from Showtime called Outcry, which will premiere in a week's time on Showtime in the US. It's about a young football player who gets accused and convicted for sexually uh, assaulting a child. And then it turns out that he did not get a fair trial at all. So we kind of follow his quest for truth and for justice. For both TV2 main channel and TV2 play, we've also bought the BBC series Murder 24-7, which is a strong true crime series where you follow a critical murder invest investigation in real time. And then during the summer, we are also going to air the three hour long ESPN documentary about Lance Armstrong. I think and hope in the absence of Tour de France, which is, has always been a very big sports event on TV2 uh, in July, hopefully this will give the many cycling fans a great alternative now that the Tour de France is postponed until August. And then we have, our, uh, we have a dedicated lifestyle channel, TV2 Free, 
where there is always a steady flow of deals being made for this channel. Recent additions for, for TV23 is uh, the US lifestyle series Property Brothers. Uh, we've also picked up the BBC2 series, uh, Your Home Made Perfect. And then we have renewals of Escape to the Chateau, which is really one of our darlings on this channel. Okay, and you mentioned earlier a little bit about the, the types of shows that, that you've been looking at recently. For any producers listening, what are the core sort of themes and, and shows that you'd, you'd like to get your hands on now over, you know, for the, for the remainder of the year? In regards to the, to the documentary strategy, we are looking for the strongest premium feature documentaries that will produce so the next leaving uh, Neverland or the next free solo that's uh, certainly something we'll be interested in so true crime is a big genre for us both on linear and also on tv2 play it could be both a standalone episodes or or serial we are not looking for big volume it has to be of the greatest quality so quality before quantity always big biographies like the land Armstrong documentaries, docu documentary series, something about a celebrities, really, you know, well-known people. We are looking for stranger than fiction stories like like free identical strangers or, or stories like that. You know, the next Tiger King, something that creates talkability, deeply engaging pieces. We we bought a very strong documentary called On the Record about this amazing woman who worked in the music industry in uh, New York and she just tells her uh, Me Too story and it's very strong. We are always looking for strong UK produced factual shows. It could both be, you know, uh, crime or human interest or lifestyle, but we are quite picky because we don't have a lot of slots to fill out, so we can you know pick the best produced primetime shows in the UK even for our daytime slots so we are you know talking best in class when it comes to factual yeah UK lifestyle programming character driven authentic big characters and the genres that doesn't work for us is food unfortunately unless it's baking uh, and it's a competition or something but the traditional food programming doesn't work for us traveling is also a genre where we're laying low right now because it has a hard time performing well for us meta kunal Pettersen from tv2 in denmark uk indie sandstone global was able to turn its latest bethany hughes fronted history series for channel 5 around during lockdown Hughes, who is also creative director plus director of production Ruth Sessions, spoke with Clive Whittingham about how they did it and why the company remains determined to tell challenging stories of contemporary significance, whatever the travel restrictions. Uh, so I'm Bethany Hughes and I'm creative uh, director and our company is Sandstone Global. And I'm Ruth Sessions and I'm director of production at Sandstone. For people that aren't aware, can you give us the, uh, the lowdown on Sandstone, the sort of shows that you produce and... Um why the company was was founded what what sort of aims it had kind of founded really um for a couple of reasons one to be really frank i spent about um 10 to 15 years probably as a historian who makes television programs sitting on panels talking about the need for change and change in the stories that were being told the way they were being told who was telling them and the impact they should have and you do this kind of session and everybody would clap and applause and you'd literally get off the floor 
and nothing else would change at all. So we just thought, um, frankly, that uh, change only happens if, if you change things. Um, and Ruth was very up for that adventure as well. So we founded it together uh, three years ago with our chairman, Nigel Gardner, who started out life as a, a correspondent. He'd worked as an EU spokesman. He'd worked in political television. So it's really about telling stories across time and space. So stories that are both absolutely of now, but also stories that have been important to the world for not just tens of years, not just centuries, but in some cases, tens of thousands of years, so that we can navigate and negotiate and understand a bit better uh, who, who and what we are as a species. So what was, I mean, can you, um, can you put your finger on that, that change? What, what was the problem that you guys were trying to solve? What was the, uh, the issue before that, you've, that you're looking to, to correct when you talk about that change? I think really that we live in um, a, a hyper-connected, very variegated world, um, which has actually been hyper-connected and variegated um, uh, for as long as there's been history. So, you know, I obviously take the long view and I just wasn't seeing that represented on television. You know, just as a sort a tiny example you could see sustained and systematic sexism um, and, and racism in the, the shows that were being made and the, the way that they were being produced and as I said the way that the stories were told so it just felt like there really needs to be a kind of a freshening up of how we were trying to do things and so we started off we're kind of quite proud of the programs that we've made so far we've been in constant production I should say from from the day that we were founded so uh, we make history programs we've also taken Camilla Thurlow who uh, most people will remember her as a, a contestant a near winning contestant on Love Island but actually she's an incredible woman she clears minds um, she's highly trained in going into uh, those situations and we took her back to Cambodia to talk about social media and what social media does both for good and for bad so it was taking her out of the context that most people knew her in and putting into something actually which is which is her element um, and then also recently we've done a, a beautiful film with Lupita Nyong'o, the, the Oscar uh, Academy Award winner uh, in West Africa and looking at the, the roots of some of the ideas of female armies that then turn up um, in movies and also how that impacts with, a, with a, a bigger story of transatlantic slavery. So those are just a kind of couple of examples. But um, uh, yes, we, we haven't stopped for breath, have we, Ruth? Apart from now, apart from in lockdown. Apart from now, but we still can't stop. We still can't stop for breath now. I mean, lockdown seems to be making everyone busier. Can we talk about the start of the year and looking forward to 2020? What position was the company in and uh, how was the year shaping up for you guys? We, we were um, in full-on production on our Greek Odyssey project. So that's a six-part series for Channel 5, which is actually TXing at the moment. It's, um, so we were full, full steam ahead on that. And we were also um, in production on a um, two-part special um, about the treasures of the Roman Empire so and with an awful lot of things in really you know, quite advanced development so it was looking like it was going to be a bit of a belter of a year and then suddenly we got belted by Covid. I mean how did that change things on a practical level as a production company how do you go about how did you go about running that a production company in lockdown? Well um, I guess the first thing was 
the unfortunately our um, Roman Empire project was about to start was it what was it Bethany about but we were about three days short of Bethany and the crew getting onto planes and heading off to film in Italy and then France and then Spain so obviously that wasn't an option so that project was put on hold but in, very very luckily Bethany and the team had for our um, Mediterranean Odyssey project just in time so we were I mean as soon as I heard talk of you know the world changing I started sort of looking in, in, in looking at the options, looking at what the implications of COVID might be. I was trying to imagine the kind of unknown unknowns and started to sort of explore with our line manager, Alid Channing, and our post house TVC, sort of working at what the options would be for post-producing remotely. And Anna Thompson, our series producer and director, and Alid and the post house just got on it like mad. And very, very quickly, we were um, editing um, remotely and... Um, Anna um, managing to control all multiple edits with enormous sort of panache and I mean looking back on it perhaps I put rosy you know rosy tinted glasses on but um, it wasn't as bad as it could have been probably because we got on it really quickly and um, you know and now I think everyone's thinking oh we could work like that again I mean some of the um, edit producers I think were finding that they could work they could sort of tag tag team a bit so the edit producer could sort of write and then go and do a bit of childcare. the editor could then sort of follow and do a bit of editing and then it, it, in many ways it, it, not in many ways but in some ways I think the, the, you know we found the advantages in the situation rather than dwelling on the challenges. The team did amazingly well because we were actually dealing with Covid while we were out on the shoot too so um, on our very last leg of shooting we'd gone to film all uh, carnivals in Greece as in a really important part of the story and got the news as we were getting I can't remember whether it was a plane or a, a, a boat a ferry at that point to go and film that all carnivals in Greece had been cancelled and that was specifically why we'd gone so the uh, director and series producer Anna had to be super nimble we had to find other stories on the ground that added to our big historical narrative um, and travelogue narrative and actually it's 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 brilliant what we've achieved we almost kind of had a sense of how important it was going to be I think because we were out on the on the road and there was one point when we were filming in Corfu and there was a, a, a ship of Italians and people on the island panicked and didn't want to let us go out into gardens even though actually they'd been quarantined and were okay but we really got a sense of how important it was going to be and our very very last day of filming was the day that all the do not enter uh, sites shut because of covid notices were being slapped up on archaeological sites so we got back by, really by the skin of our teeth so so it's no it's been quite as, as Ruth said it's been considering all those challenges I think we actually delivered a couple of the programs a day or so early didn't we Ruth I mean it was they, they've been spectacular but I think you know there are lots of lessons from that but one is it's such an obvious thing to say but you know the importance of having good relationships with your teams and with the, the production houses production facilities that you work with is absolute paramount and I think it's because we all trusted each other and had a very good relationship and had tried to look after people beforehand meant that in that crisis everybody oh my goodness absolutely uh, stepped up to the mark and it's an overused phrase but they really did go above and and beyond um, and just kept a very cool head and, and delivered even though I mean can you remember those first few weeks people were people were very anxious and and panicking even through that we were there <laughs> discussing kind of Homeric literature and the value of collaboration and where why home is where love is and all these sort of big ancient ancient philosophical questions which are actually thinking about it maybe one of the reasons that we all got through it okay
Have you guys, as the company, sort of gone on to a development footing now? Is, is that how you've spent the rest of lockdown, having, having got that series out the way? What have you been doing with your time and, and getting ready to come out a lockdown? Yeah, a lot of development. I and mean, I think, you know, Ruth can add to this as well. It's, that's been one of the real positives, actually, is finding people's kind of secret skills. So we had a particular associate producer who it turns out is the most brilliant development producer because we tried to do what we could to, to keep people on. Um, so we have been developing. Doing that stuff of all those things that you talk about, about doing things slightly differently and never actually have the chance to experiment with. Um, so we're trying to work out slightly more agile, new ways of doing things, new models. Um, and new formats with new partners and it looks like we'll have to come back and talk to you again it looks like one of those might be just about to go into production in a couple of weeks um, time so yeah so so developments but also keeping a very sort of kind of calm head on our shoulders in a way I think I think it might be a benefit of sort of understanding history that gives you a slightly different attitude to time and it makes you look both forward as well as back so I think that we're thinking about what's going to matter to people in a year, six months time, a year's time, two years time, what they're going to be wanting to watch on their screens then and modelling out what might be possible in terms of production. So, so we've, we're, we're both doing different, slightly smaller things, but really, interestingly, a lot of the projects that we've got on the go are very substantial and ambitious and it feels really important to, to still be investing the energy in those. Were you guys tempted to get into sort of quick turnaround stuff using clips and archives, you know, a quick turnaround in lockdown production to fill the gaps in, in schedules? We heard a lot about that at the start of lockdown, but the sort of success of them has been a bit mixed or, or interviews on Zoom. I guess people are a bit sick of Zoom, but uh, that was also, I remember at the start of lockdown, this theory that we could do quick turnaround on TV. Was that a direction your company ever went in? I, I jump in here. I mean, I think, you know, Bethany's a creative director. I'm not. But at the same, I think it's, I think our attitude is more, it's about the story and what's the best way of telling it. And if that was an appropriate and good way of telling a particular story, then we would be agnostic about how, you know, what platforms and things you use. But it hasn't actually, hasn't particularly arisen, has it, Bethany, that there's been, lo that there's been loads of things for which we feel that would be the right treatment. But never say never. You know, it could absolutely be for the right thing if we have the right idea. We've been through uh, your Channel 5 series and, and the travel issues that were starting to come up at the end of that. Looking forward, uh, would you look at more UK-based projects, basically? Are you reticent to, to go full steam ahead into stuff with international travel again? Or is it just a question of, of waiting this out and then you can get back on the on the plane or the boat or whatever it is? Well, we're on a Zoom call now and I can see Bethany sort of sitting there smiling. I mean, the chances of keeping Bethany pinned to the UK long term are pretty remote so I think whatever the answer should be I'm going to have to deal with international filming <laughs> somehow um, <laughs> so, I mean, we have been looking at UK stuff yeah absolutely and there's some amazing stories that we've discovered but I mean we are very much about telling those sort of it's not you know it's not just international stories but it's sort of infinite stories and um, you know I think we very much hope that we will be able to get out there again but there's you know there's no hurry we've got to find the right the right way of telling the right stories and it's very important not to lose sight of what we were set up to do which is to support new talents new ways of telling things and um, untold stories and we are going to find those beyond these shores i mean that's that's the reality so it would be very a very kind of sad day if we lost lost sight of our collaboration with other 
cultures and countries and um, civilizations, both both past and present. So we, yeah, we will do that. We're, we're even talking, that's why I'm smiling. We've, we've been so proactive about it. We're even talking about quarantining together, me, Ruth and a DOP, <laughs> so, in some kind of shepherd's hut somewhere. <laughs> working out how we can do that what's the most you know effective and legal way to do that but we are active, actively actively working out kind of slightly you didn't you didn't tell me about the shepherd's hut bit <laughs> <laughs> what we can afford <laughs> that is going to be the new normal though i guess in the in the short medium term for a production company you are going to have to get your head around all manner of things that you would never have thought about when producing a show how far into sort of thinking about those those things are you guys I, I, it's, a, it's a good point i mean i think in a, in a weird way that's sort of the nature of production anyway is dealing with the unexpected you know even when you think you've got the most straightforward production that couldn't be more sort of cookie cutter then something that that is the one project where something goes something completely unexpected comes up so i think um it, it's sort of all about um, dealing with the unexpected so in a way I'm not massively phased by that I just think that's what we do and we, we try to sort of respond in a nimble way to challenges and sort of I mean, one of my things I always bang on about is, is, is trying to sometimes you know making the problem part of the solution I know that's a cliche but sometimes if you try and sort of run and hide from the thing that's challenging you you tie yourself up in knots but if you actually embrace it and make it part of the story or face it um you know front on it's sometimes not as big a problem as you'd anticipated we heard relatively recently from all the channel heads in the uk as part of the edinburgh um the edinburgh online sessions ian Katz painting a pretty bleak picture at channel four and ben frow being very ben frow about channel five and you know you guys work a lot with them as we look forward to coming out of lockdown you know what's keeping you awake at night about the the buyers that you work for and where where are the opportunities for your company do you think what's the what's the, the chat at your place well i mean i think again without being sort of obsessively returning it to history the one thing i know for the last seventy thousand years is that we wanted to share stories and to understand ourselves and the world by telling stories about it and that is not going to go away so if anything actually i think this as the the platforms that we're all lucky enough to have access to are going to become even more potent and even more powerful so there are plenty of challenges ahead there's no doubt um, financially but fundamentally this is still going to be um, a valid and viable um, and crucially important medium a medium where we need to be thinking much deeper about what we say and do and I, actually it will lend itself very well to that so so yeah I mean we've had I don't we've had a few sleepless nights and and the cider hour is creeping slightly earlier in the day each day that's what I noticed <laughs> I like, is it time yet can we <laughs> five o'clock is that okay um so so that absolutely has not been without stress but actually I think we're both feeling really strangely um uh, positive about about 2021 Bethany Hughes and Ruth Sessions from Sandstone Global that's all for this episode. There'll be more from the podcast tomorrow, but in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.